0: Well, good afternoon and welcome to our weekly event update where we provide you the latest information about local directed health measures, UNL event expectations and guidance, and other information to help you plan and host successful and safe events. My name is TJ McDowell, and I'm an assistant vice chancellor in student affairs. Uh, also today we have several people who will be here to answer your questions. Lee Tiedemann, who's their director of the Office of Fraternity and Sorority Life, and Tony Rath Gerber, who's... Uh, well, I don't even know what your role is. It's such an expansive role anymore, Tony. Um, and then we have several other people, Debbie Hendricks, who approves, Melissa, Jacob. We got several people here to assist you, but we'll get into our, so we'll do the, the usual updates and then we'll, we'll open up and allow for plenty of time at the end to answer questions. Also to let you know, we anticipate this being the last weekly update. We don't anticipate significant changes uh, after this period. And so this will be the last one. Uh, unless we would have to tighten up uh, expectations and guidance because of a surge in, in cases or, or something like that. But we anticipate that the guidance that you'll hear today and that's on the website will be the guidance for the remainder of this semester. So I wanted to give you that. Um, the website will have the information and the website will have this video for your reference going forward. So let's get into our update. And we will. (laughs) So the risk dial for Lancaster County continues to to remain in yellow. It's been that way since February 9th. We anticipated staying that way. On campus, the positivity rate for the week ended March 27th was 0.83%, which was down slightly from the 0.95% the week before. Um, but we, we've we seen what we might be a, a slight uptick in positive cases early this week. And so we must continue to do all the things, all, follow all the protocols we need to do in terms of, we must continue to wear the face coverings, we must continue to maintain social distance, we must continue to wash our hands and follow the other expectations and protocols to keep everyone safe. We've got about five weeks left in the semester We can't let up now, we gotta maintain our discipline. I've talked to some colleagues at other campuses who are able to do a lot less activities than we've been able to because of your diligence. So thank you all for your diligence and continuing to follow those things and and let's not let up now, including let's not stop. We gotta continue to comply with the mandatory random mitigation testing that is still ongoing. Uh, The directed health measures, which we anticipate uh, remaining effective until April 12th, uh, are still any event with 500 or more participants requires Lincoln-Lancaster County Health Department approval. We've done several of those this semester. Um, If you get us information, we're able to work with the health department. It's a pretty quick turnaround. Rated occupancy for both indoor and outdoor spaces is 75%. The maximum of per table or group is eight. You still must get university approval, go through the university approval process if you're planning an event with 50 or more attendees on or off campus. And we have opened up some some student travel uh, permitted with approval. So there are some kind of limited travel outside of Lincoln, Nebraska with approval. And then let's see. Quickly, our, our event guidance, I, I think everyone knows this, but we wanna to continue to reinforce this message is that face coverings are required for all events, both indoors and outdoors. So we wanna to continue to be vigilant in that and advise our university employee is required to attend all events with 50 or more participants. And um, we, we're still asking that you get your, if you know you're gonna do an event that you start your planning sooner rather than later, because we'd like to have those events approved been all the way through the approval process seven days prior to the date of the event so if you could start planning early that's going to help everybody and then um i'm going to turn it over to tony who's going to talk more about formals and dances and any updates there and then uh, tony lee and i are available to answer any questions you might have
1: so tony thanks tj um, for any of you who may have been with us last week when we first went over the, the newest piece of guidance, which was around um, how to safely have dances and formals, um, we, we're not going to go into all of that detail this week. We, we spent a lot of time last week doing that, uh, but I did want to point out um, the URL that you can see on the website there is where you can find all of the detailed guidance. Uh, I would suspect that it answers most questions that are out there, but I do know that there are um, sometimes uh, unique one-off situations or maybe some of the guidance that isn't very clearly listed, and we sure want to clarify that. Our goal in this is to really um, allow these important events to take place. We want to make sure that they can happen safely, uh, and we want to help those of you who are planning those events uh, know How to go about that in an efficient way, in a safe way, and and sort of be your guide for for that to happen. So uh, more than anything at this point, I just want to open it up for questions. Are there any of you who are joining us today who have questions about an event that you're planning or considering planning that we can answer for you? some of you may be um, thinking a little bit about a question you have or about um, how to phrase a question. I'll, I'll, I'll mention just one, one sort of tip or suggestion, and um, Debbie, feel free to, to um, comment on this if you'd like, but I think one thing that we have noticed is that uh, a couple of the submissions that have come through for formals or dances so far haven't done a a very clear job of explaining to us how they're going to accomplish some of the specific expectations that are in the um, proposal for the event, and, and it would would really be helpful if from the start you could explain to us what steps you're going to take to ensure that the expectations listed on the university page are uh are indeed met and and uh, accommodated through your event so uh, i guess that's just a little a little tip anything to that that you would add debbie no i think you've covered it very well there's a lot of requirements for dances and if if they would just outline a little bit acknowledging that they understand what all those requirements are Yes.
0: Tony,
1: Helps could us. I
0: add something? Please. Uh, I will say just this is events in general, but particularly the formals and dances. I know we've uh, one of the number one reasons I have to send back a form is that the point of contact is the, the student contact and not the advisor who's going to be present. And so making sure that, that you're, you're making that point of contact, the advisor who's going to be there, if we have to send it back. Um, Oftentimes the advisor is not able to to see the form or they're not able to be included with their email in it. And so then it takes a little bit longer for me to reach out to the advisor to make sure that they understand their responsibilities um, before I can forward it on to Debbie for the second level of approval. So just make sure you're putting that advisor as that point of contact. That will save a lot of days of going back and forth.
1: That's a great tip and suggestion too. Tony, and I'd
0: add that I've had at least one group approach me about doing a formal outside the county. And right now the answer to that is no. For this for this spring semester, the answer to any formals outside the Lancaster County, the answer is no. So I just wanted to make sure you clarified that.
1: Yep, that's good to, good to clarify, TJ, thank you. I see that we have uh, a question that came in about um, about food at events. So, Jacob, if um, if someone's hosting a banquet or an award ceremony, uh, the food, if it's taking place on campus, um, currently on campus, buffet style um, serving is not allowed. So, if it's taking place on campus, it would have to be a, a plated um, or served meal. If um, if it's taking place off campus, then the the sort of city directed health measures would apply and they do allow for buffets to take place at an off-campus venue. And we have had those take place safely. So I, I just wanna be clear that, that. That is an okay thing to happen. It's just the on-campus requirement is a, is a bit more restrictive. Any other questions out there that we could answer for those of you planning events or working with events? Oh that's a really good question Hannah. So thank you for one for reading the uh, guidelines so closely to catch that part of it. Uh, I appreciate your, your attention to detail there. So what, what Hannah is asking us is um, for the location of an event for dances we specifically talk about um, length of time, and that's tied to the whether the location is indoors or outdoors. So an event that is taking place outdoors can span up to eight hours of time. Uh, an event that's taking place indoors up to four hours, and that's from the arrival of the first attendee to the departure of the last attendee. That does not include your venue setup time. So if you're there decorating and setting up for a couple hours, that would not be included. It's just when the first guests start to arrive for the event, um, that's when the, the, the timer would start.
0: Other questions? if there are no other questions, we will wrap this final weekly webinar update up. Again, thank you all. I wanna, I wanna say thank you to everyone who's who's made it a successful semester. We've done a lot of events. And so I'm grateful to you all for, for going through the process, taking the protocols and expectations seriously so that we were able to do events and that we were able to, and we got to finish strong. So we won't have another, web, weekly update but this information will be available on the website this seminar this webinar will be posted on the website so you can use it for reference and unless there's an extenuating circumstance where it requires us to make some changes this will be the last one but if we need to we will get information out and and host another webinar yet this semester or this summer and probably we'll probably do something this fall to do up another update so people know any changes that might be in place for the fall so thank you all very much Tony, thank you for everything. Debbie, again, thank you for all your work approving. Tonda and Holly, I know you're doing a lot of extra. Jacob, thank you for your work. All of you who are on here. Lee, I know you and Melissa are doing a lot of work with Greek organizations and RSOs as they're planning events. So, So thank you, thank you really to all of you for that work. It's been a lot of extra time and effort, but I think it's paid off.
1: So thank you. Thanks for being the MC of these, DJ. <laughs> you bet, you bet. <laughs> oh, one more question.
0: I want to make sure Hannah's question gets asked. Hannah, go ahead with your question. Oh, there it is. Hmm.
1: Good question. So Um, if, If their role is going to be as one of the event monitors or staff at the event, then they, and they are going to perform that role for the entire time that they're there, then we would not count them as a guest.
0: Okay, we'll give a long pause to make sure that no other questions. Good questions, Hannah, good questions. All right, thank you everyone.